listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles uh. podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 64, where we, where we will be discussing chapter five of Clockwork Angel, the Shadowhunter's Codex. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. All right. <laughs> that establishes that. It does. <laughs> I I started getting a little wonky on the uh, where we will be discussing. I was like, where we will we? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, Robin, you had an exciting night. It was full of adventures. We had a sleepover. We had a four-year-old pass out at the table in the midst of eating dino chicken nuggets. And then I I went to pick him up to take him upstairs. And he's like, no bath, mommy. And I was like, if you're this tired, you don't need a bath. And he's like, but I need ranch. Because he wanted to finish the chicken nugget. And I was like, we're We're a ranch ranch family." family. We're a ranch family. That's fucking right, bitches. You hear that, Andy? <laughs> That's what our merch should say. <laughs> yep, yeah. we're a ranch family. Yep. My husband would be so mad. <laughs> now we have to. I embarrass him so Now bad. I was going to say, yeah. now we have to. <laughs> have we told the story? Will people understand what yes. we're talking about? Yes, we have told the story. Okay, good. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, it's great. Oh, my gosh. What about you, Amanda? What's new? <sighs> I don't think anything's new. Just we've been having such nice weather mm-hmm. this week. Chris and I were just talking about it while we were. Anyway, it, it's been really nice. So we spent a lot of the day outside. My son um, throwing pillows over the balcony and stuff. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> just, oh, yeah. I'll hold, and then he'd come and get me to show me where he threw them. So you could go yes, get I them. Yes, I know, baby. I, <laughs> Yeah, I see them. Mm-hmm. He's like, look, bring it back, fetch. Yeah, it's art. Well, we have a, you know, as you guys know, we have a small pond in our backyard. Mm-hmm. And we had a really big, like, I don't think you would call it a bullfrog because bullfrogs are like dinner plates, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just a, but it's not like a little tiny, tiny frog. Anyway. Like it was a toad. Big frog. Yeah, yeah. He's like the size of my phone, yeah. probably. Um, and he was dead in our yard, oh. like right by the pond. It was really sad. And Andy said they just laid eggs. Oh. So I know. It's really sad. I don't I don't know much anyway. about the, the circle of a uh, frog's life. Yeah. Me neither. I mean, I dissected I one in, in like eighth grade biology, but. Me too. No. Seventh grade. Sophomore. I think I was a sophomore. Was yeah, because I don't remember. No, doing se- that. seventh grade was a pig's heart. Oh, but yeah. the teacher did it. You just watched. Yeah. Oh, that's <clears> it. Was disgusting. They didn't have enough for everybody. <laughs> no. <Yep>. No. <laughs> I had homeroom in the class, the science class, mm-hmm. so I had to smell the frogs double. Ooh. It was disgusting. Yuck. Poor teacher. <sighs> All day long. How about you? Um, just enjoying the weather. Yeah, enjoying the weather. You know, I started a new job a couple weeks ago, so getting that all. Mm dialed in and it's my birthday weekend my birthday's on monday yeah so the day after this comes out is my birthday w- was oh my god How no does no it feel to almost be 25 the day before this comes out was my birthday because i don't know how to tell time i was so confused <laughs> I was like what definitely on the fifth and not on the seventh <laughs> <laughs> whatever so yeah 
What'd you say? You you said something. I said, how does it feel to almost be 25? Oh, right. Yeah, totally. No, my husband, he was like, he's like, oh, the big three, three. And I'm like, I (laughs) thought I was 33 all last year. So it doesn't feel any different. (laughs) My husband's sister did that. I think she thought she was turning 41, but she was turning 40. So I'm like, did you celebrate your 40th last year? Like, oh, shit. Because he told me how old she was, and I was like, I don't think so. Yeah. But, oh, my God. I have to tell you. So right before we got on this, we uh, were watching the Final Four game. It was Gonzaga against UCLA. And Gonzaga has been undefeated this season. And so, like, next game is the championship game. They've made it the whole season undefeated. Crazy. It's, it's like, the last time it happened, Jason was telling me it was, like, an Indiana team um, uh, in 1976. So, it, it was a big game. And it was a really close game towards the end. And they went into overtime and... It looked like they were going to go into double overtime because they were tied with, like, a second. And uh, Gonzaga got possession of the ball, and he fucking (laughs) threw a Hail Mary from half court and fucking made it on the buzzer. Wow. It was like – I I was sitting there because I get really into basketball. It's the only sport that I get, like, super, super into. Okay. But, like, I scream at the TV. It's, like, a whole thing. (laughs) But I was, like, my hands were on my head, and I was just, like, in shock for, like, a full minute. I was, like, I can't believe that just happened. That was, like, a movie. That's amazing. It was incredible. That happened once when the Blazers went to the second round Mm -hmm. of the playoffs, um, probably, like, six or seven years ago. I don't know. And uh, I remember Damian Lillard hit – a three at the end mm-hmm. and it's like in his sweet spot whatever and I remember I screamed so loud I was so excited that my throat hurt the next yeah. day <laughs> did you get a chalupa um I wasn't at the game <laughs> okay. I screamed at my house <laughs> okay I can't afford to go to a round seven playoff game no <laughs> do you have any idea how much that would cost <laughs> yeah we did go to a playoff game but we literally were in the very back row where people stand yeah hey <laughs> We Regardless only go to a game where we at, get free tickets. You get chalupas. <laughs> they do French fries now from McDonald's. Oh. <laughs> and you have to do it through the app. So anyone can get it if the Blazers hit like 100 points or whatever. I got you. Yeah. See how much I know? Yeah. And then sometimes Papa Murphy's does a thing too. If they hit a certain amount of points or something. I don't know. Oh my gosh. So yeah. Anyway, that's that sounds like fun to it, have watched. It was amazing and I like afterwards I turned to Jason and I was like I'm really glad we got to watch that that was special like that was fucking cool that was cool um oh so we wanted to bring up something so a listener Mallory hi she gave us permission to say her name so um she wrote in (laughs) she wrote into us and um she brought something up that we had been like talking because we always joke about how uh Alec is like it's not magic. Like he gets so <laughs> upset about it. Like he gets really flummoxed whenever somebody says magic. He's like, it's not what it is. <laughs> and we just like really like teasing him, but she had a really good like theory. And so I, I wanted to read it and we can discuss. Um, hold on. 
Okay. So you've been talking about the whole magic versus shadow hunters thing. And I think I have an explanation that might help. This is coming from my Catholic religion lessons, but they believe that there are two ways that the rules of nature can be broken. And that's through magic or miracles. Miracles are acts of God while magic comes from demons and the devil. I think the shadow hunter world works on that same dichotomy where magic is power from demons so warlocks use magic as they harness the power they receive from their demon parent and shadow hunters use angelic powder powder (laughs) it's a different kind of drug (laughs) that's called angel dust yeah it's not 1994 (laughs) i know the 90s are coming back but not like that back on the rails (laughs) right we're talking about the catholic church no (laughs) good job amanda way to screw that up it was beautiful (laughs) so shadow hunters use angelic power with their angelic runes and that's why alec got so pissed when people called their stuff magic because that would be completely wrong and like the opposite side of the spectrum for like what they do and where their power is harnessed so I just thought that was I was like dude that's fucking genius that's deep <laughs> well I just I didn't I never thought of it like that like I just thought he was being a dick and I was like yeah oh my god that makes so much sense because there is I mean obviously because of the way that Cassie writes and she pulls from like myths and history and and all of that stuff to kind of um, explain her world she does pull a lot from the bible and so that would totally make sense that like duh I don't know yeah and it might yeah, have been think- super obvious to like everybody else but for me I was like this blew <laughs> my mind you're mocking him yeah well in his team it was always Alec. like Alec was saying don't say magic but then in the book it says rune magic right Okay. I guess it's the uh-huh. only way that you could explain it, right? Like, it's the only, but, like, you just don't say the M word. Rune miracles. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But don't they, there is an angelic power rune, right? Yes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So that's, the, I think it's, that's the yeah. main rune that we have, like, on our logo. That's the angelic power rune. What does it, what does it do? Like, make you fly? Because they have wings? <laughs> It's like a Red Bull. I think, I think it just like gives you like a, a power up boost like on Mario Kart. Okay. Okay. So you just get a little bigger. Yeah. <laughs> you level up. <laughs> Got it. Cool. Oh my gosh. Well, thank you, Mallory, for yes. for your insight. Yes. Thank you so much because it, it really <laughs> did. It kind of blew my brain and I was kind of like in shock for a minute. I was like, wait. <laughs> That's so simple. That makes so much sense. <laughs> why great. why hadn't I have thought of that? That's ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, so good little discuss. If you guys have things that you know, you're like, hey, you guys were talking about this and this is, you know, I thought maybe this could be an opinion or whatever. Could be an opinion. You know what I hey, mean. Hey, you dumb dumbs. <laughs> no. Just like if you want to chime in on on a discussion that we were having, send us a message. Tell us what your theory is. You know, we're open to ideas. We like to expand our horizons. 
What's up, Robin? Yeah. I almost called you Rob. Rob. <laughs> I was I reading like on. I googled the angelic rune, and it's uh-huh. it's the first rune that they get. Oh, okay. Once they're done with their training, and it 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 said it like basic. I, I got out of it, so I'm gonna use my tethers like signifies mm-hmm. their their bond to heaven. Oh, okay. And they'll oh, put it on okay. um weapons and stuff that'll negate demon power. Mm-hmm. So like, they'll okay. take the their demonic ability to heal away. I was thinking, I was, I was huh. wondering, cause I, I did think of that. I was like, is it the first rune that they get? But I, for some reason I thought the Voyance rune was the first rune that they got. Yeah. But I, I, I think, think it's just yeah. like one of the first that they get. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's like, mm-hmm. here's your like basic permanent arsenal that you need or whatever. Right. Well, and then I have to mention in a recap that I did, I can't count how many episodes ago. Cause I don't know. Basically, I said that Jim was with Will when they went to get Tessa out of the Dark Sisters. Mm. And it was obviously Thomas. So that was my bad. Fubbed up. Yeah, we oh. all thought that for uh-huh. some reason. Well, like last episode, I thought that Jem was in the room with them. And I was like, wait, no, Jem wasn't. He was sick. Duh. <laughs> right. Well, at least we were able to be like, are you sure? That one I just kind of kept rocking. So um, my bad. I didn't read through the book again, and um, the last None time I read Clockwork it. Angel was literally like a decade 10 years ago. ago. Yeah. So, <laughs> sorry if you were screaming at me. Yeah. Well, now that we've got that settled, what do you guys yeah. say <laughs> we cut the chit chat and kick things off with Robin's recap? Previously on Downworld or Dish. Tessa changes back into herself and is immediately assaulted with an onslaught of stupid questions. Think of that annoying game show to tell the truth. Pretty soon, <laughs> the questioning phases into Will dishing about his and Jim's Watson and Holmes style sleuthing at the Pandemonium Club and all the things they learned from there. After dinner, Tessa makes her way back to her room but is intercepted by Will, asking if she'd like to take a tour of the castle but to never go to the West Wing. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, he shows her around the institute and they eventually end up in the library where they share some shameless flirting and Will gives Tessa the Shadowhunter Codex. The conversation quickly sours when Tessa accidentally pushes Will emo bu- Will's emo button and he gets broody 3000. <laughs> he cuts the conversation off and tells Tessa it's time to call it a night. They run into Sophie and Will and her argue and Tessa asks Will for the cheese on their strained relationship, but he's not spilling the tea. Tessa tries to be cutesy-bootsy argumentative, and that just fans the flames of Will's teen angst harder. And then he's just like, bye. <laughs> uh, bye. 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 <laughs> he did. He he turned quick. He was like, fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> he had to go. It was like a Slipknot song where it's like he's singing. Yes. Yes. And then all of a sudden he's just like, <laughs> it's Corey Taylor changing from singing to screaming. Yes. Yeah. I can totally. Oh. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> all right. So let's get into this. Okay. Tessa wanders around the empty maze of corridors forever. Like really. Will just like left her in the library. That's the last anyone heard from Tessa Gray. The end. <laughs> I did that really. That was a good book. Right? (laughs) Right? If only it ended there. No. 
Just kidding. Tessa didn't run into a set of super creepy twins. She eventually found her way back to her room and curled up to get in some Shadowhunter reading. The Codex, a.k.a. a genius plot device to communicate information to the reader without pages of exhaustive uh, of exhaustive exposition, gives Tessa the lowdown on the Shadowhunter and Downworlder basics. And the riveting read it is, it puts her to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> We all know Cassie Clare loves a good dream sequence. So naturally the narration follows Tessa into sleep. Um, and then like insert time warpy noise. So blah, 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 blah. <laughs> since dream, the dream is short and we know Cassie likes to hide clues in the dream world. I'm just going to read it to you guys from where Amanda. The book. <laughs> the book. All right. In the dream, she danced through whirling smoke, a corridor lined with mirrors. Each mirror she passed, <clears throat> each mirror she passed, showed her a different face. She could hear lovely, haunting music. It seemed to come from some distance away, and yet all, and yet was all around. There was a man walking ahead of her, a boy, really slender and youthful. But though she felt she that she knew him, she could neither see his face nor recognize him. He might have been her brother, or Will, or someone else entirely. She followed, calling to him, but he receded down the page turn <laughs> corridor as if, as if the smoke carried him with it. The music rose and rose to a, to a crescendo. And then Tessa wakes up. And she, like, does that weird thing where, like, you feel like you're falling and, like, right before you hit the bottom, you wake up gasping like you were really, like, screaming. You're like, like, from a building. But, like, you don't really remember it. She's just like, holy fuck. Which, okay. (laughs) So, everything's okay because it's a dream. And she's back in her bedroom at the Institute and it's all exactly the same. Except that she can still hear the music. And, dude. I remember my clock radio was set for an alarm. And it was a talk, like a morning talk show. And they Mm -hmm. were, it was talk, they were in my dream and I didn't wake up. (laughs) That's, that's, that's like Groundhog's Day. He wakes up to, yep. But like, I don't understand, like, so nothing about this dream seems like it should be scary. Right. Yeah. But like she's clearly like shook when she wakes up. She's like, holy fuck, that was horrifying. So I'm like, okay, those dreams that were like nothing is overtly scary, but like in your gut, your gut is telling you something is not right. That's more terrifying than like an axe murderer clown. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't like it. Anyway, same. So Tessa is braver than I and says to herself, self, I just woke up from you know, a super creepy dream that wasn't really scary, but it made my stomach drop out. And the creepy element of that dream has followed me into the waking world. So I should probably go investigate discovery. No, <laughs> just don't. You don't know where you are. Like, this is just like, too much. That, like, well, okay. You bring up a good point. She is a guest. Like mm-hmm. when you're a guest somewhere, like, I, I don't know about you, but like when it's bedtime, like I don't leave my room. Yeah. Right? Like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to be, like, wandering in your space without you as a chaperone. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I don't even know if I stayed at your guys' house if I would do yeah, that. Yeah, no, so, I would just like, stay. 
Like, maybe go to the bathroom if I needed to go to the bathroom. But other than that, like, stay in the room. You don't go wandering. You don't go snooping. Yeah. I wouldn't want to get caught is the reason. <laughs> not because I'm not curious. Especially because they, go ahead. they seem so, um, oh, God, what is the word I'm looking for? Like, they, she wouldn't want someone to see her in her PJs, basically. Right. Well, she gown. puts on a house coat. That's what I was just going to say. She's oh, like, that's yeah. right. She's, like, all in her shift and nothing else. And she's like, oh, I'll just put on this dressing robe. Uh, no. No. Girl, you are 17, unmarried. Like, you have a chance to be ruined. Let's not. Right. (laughs) By those societal standards, obviously. Not talking about in the context of 1878. These are not Kristen's professional opinions or no. personal opinions. <laughs> that is, that is, that is personal or professional. Right, that is the type of patriarchy I do not subscribe to. <laughs> subscribe. I yeah. love it. What's your favorite season, Kristen? <laughs> the fall of the patriarchy. Yep. <laughs> it's my favorite mug. I used it this morning, actually. And I read it oh, and it made great. me smile. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going to drink my hazelnut coffee out of this. <laughs> so, you know, not to worry because Tessa's act of bravery is soon, you know, reeled back because <laughs> she realizes that the music is coming from a, the room across the hall and sees that the door is cracked. So she decides to play Harry at the spy, which is something I would absolutely do. I would eavesdrop. I wouldn't just like. You know, I wouldn't go in. No, I'd be, I'd be try, try not to be seen. Yeah, like she goes in. Yeah, the fuck. Yeah, so like up to this point, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Go investigate. Sure, you're gonna peek through the crack. Cool. You're gonna see what's up. But then she does a 180 again, and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with your brain? And she pushes up, open the door, like, what's up, bitches? <laughs> <laughs> Like arms wide open. Right? She's like, I'm here. With arms wide open. <laughs> like, I would run away so fast and hope nobody noticed me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there, there's no way. I would just be like, it was sheer panic. As soon as the door moved, I'd be like, fuck! Just cloud. You could jump back into bed and cover yourself and try not to breathe really heavy. Yeah, just a Christian shaped <laughs> cloud of dust. That's it. That's all that's left. checking out this room it's like set up like hers and I just wanted to read this little short excerpt um because she sees this this form it's a boy she's she's like he's not big enough to be a man he's a boy (laughs) that's what she said (laughs) and he's standing in the moonlight and I I I just picture this as like mm, chef's kiss but okay hold on really quickly because he's in the dark it's weird that he's in the dark because he could easily turn on a witch light. Yeah, I think I think there's she said it was like a dim room. So I'm I'm assuming there's like candles oh, okay. and maybe a fire going, but like uh, okay, probably a fire. None I thought of it the was harsh, just moonlight. It's, he okay. said it for mood lighting. Like none of it's the harsh witch light. That's a white light. He wanted a warm glow. <laughs> yeah, got it. Hashtag aesthetic. Right. Right. <laughs> dark <Okay>. academia. <laughs> So his cheek rested against the instrument. Oh, he's holding a violin, by the way. 
<laughs> his cheek rested against the instrument and the bow sawed back and forth over the strings, ringing notes out of it, notes as fine and perfect as anything Tessa had ever heard. His eyes were closed. Will, he said, without opening his eyes or ceasing to play. Will, is that you? Oh, I can't. <sighs> okay, what part of your body did you cut off to hear that? <laughs> My weird ass pinky toe. Because I might give up a pinky toe. <laughs> I'd give up an actual pinky. Like, I just want to hear him play. Dude, I can't. Yeah. I literally I just, can't. It will, obviously, it could never happen, but I, I feel like I will die, never fully living. <laughs> I literally have goosebumps. Like, Jem is the perfect man. I can't. I mean, we, we I know we just met him in this book, but like, you'll see. Yeah. His eyes are closed. Like, he's super into it. This is when you know he's being super passionate. Right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Super sexy. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. So, Tessa can't even talk. I just, like, I don't know what that was. I, like, honked like a duck. What was that? <laughs> a goose? <laughs> yes, a goose. Mother goose? <laughs> Gaggle of geese over here. <laughs> Gaggle of shadow oh. hunters. Fuck. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. Tessa can't even talk, probably because Jem is a total babe. And no, we don't know it's Jem at this point, but we've all read the chapter, so we know it is Jem. So I'm just going to mm-hmm. go with it instead of trying to pretend like we don't know who it is. So, anyway. <laughs> so Tessa can't talk, probably because Jem's a total babe. And she just walked into his room like a psycho. Like, I, yeah, what do you say? What do you say to a guy yeah. you just like barged in on? You're like, what's up? What's up? <laughs> I don't know you, but I just like walked into your bedroom like a fucking Shia psycho. <laughs> Shy a surprise. Oh gosh. So he opens his eyes and he sees Tessa, and instead of like screaming bloody murder like I would have done, yeah. he's just like, hey, you're not well. <laughs> JK. Like, what? <laughs> He has, like, the most chill reaction. Yeah, I feel like uh, if I were Tessa, I'd just be like, please don't stop playing for me. I'll go. Right. I would I but, would be immediately like, apologizing. Happen. Yeah. So well, Tessa's I apologize begin- for breathing. So. Right. <laughs> In your oh, presence. I'm, I'm sorry. Did I take your oxygen? I'm so sorry. <laughs> You're like, I'll hold my breath until I leave. <laughs> We need to put a we need to put a poll on the IG. Um, I'll make a graphic for it, but remind me. We'll put a poll on the IG. Like, what body part would you give up yes. to hear Jem Carstairs play the violin? Yep, it's a sacrifice, uh, right? <laughs> what would right. your pound of flesh be? <laughs> like, like, like that's a qualification. Like, okay, now you can hear it. Right. You've given up your pinky toe to the gods, yep. right? There has to be a pentagram involved, but it's okay. (laughs) Magnus said it was fine. Yeah. I just Mm -hmm. like, yeah. The most perfect instrument ever made. Mm -hmm. Being played by the most perfect man ever. Come on. Boy. (sighs) 
I'm pretending I'm 16 again. I have again. to Move age on, him dude. up for legal reasons in my mind. <laughs> right? I'll call him a dude. Yeah. It's cool. So Tessa's beginning to come back to Earth and suddenly becomes very aware that she's standing in some strange dude's bedroom in her pajamas. And she's pretty sure he's in his pajamas, too. But he does that weird boy thing where he sleeps in his regular regular clothes. So she's not entirely sure. She's like, it looks like you're undressed, but like you might not be. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know your life. (laughs) At this point, she doesn't even know his name. So, right. Yeah, that's fair. So she knows she should probably say something to break the awkward tension. But first, Tessa is contract- contractually ovulated. Oh, fuck. <laughs> contractually ovulated? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it kind of works. So Tessa is contractually obligated as a YA heroine to oogle the half-naked teenage boy in excruciating detail for entirely too long before she's permitted to proceed with the plot. (laughs) Not not that I mind. (laughs) So thanks to her obligatory gawking, Tessa notices marks on the boy uh, standing in front of her and has made the groundbreaking determination that he is a shadow hunter. (laughs) Like, (laughs) crack investigating, Tess. Yep. You got this. (laughs) You'll find the Magister in no time. (laughs) Tessa eventually finds her voice and stumbles through an apology for walking into this guy's bedroom in the middle of the night. So unsurprisingly, Jem doesn't seem to be all that upset about having a barely dressed girl in his bedroom. (laughs) Like, (laughs) yeah, okay, that tracks. He's like, you're Tessa. Will told me about you. <laughs> Except he calls her Miss Gray because he's proper and wouldn't dare call her by her Christian name like that scoundrel Will. Because he does. <laughs> Tessa's panicking like, shit, Will's kind of pissed at me at the moment. So it's probably all lies. Like, <laughs> what did he say about me? <laughs> Which is exactly what I would be doing. I'd be like, fuck, how am I going to make a good impression now? It's impossible. I mean, what would he be able to say? I mean, I get it. I just... I don't know. I always want to know what, like, how do people describe me when I'm not there? Me too. Mm -hmm. Or, like, what people's first impressions are of you or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, what's he going to say? Like, she shape changes and she likes books. This bitch. (laughs) (laughs) She assumed I was an orphan. (laughs) Because I told her none of us here had parents. Right. (laughs) Because I implied that I was an orphan. But Tessa doesn't need to worry because Jem knows what's up. Will's a dick and hates everyone and he just like ignores it. (laughs) Which tells us a lot about how close Will and Jem must be because only a best friend could clearly see your flaws and then immediately dismiss them because, you know, oh, it's just a quirk, whatever. I love them. It's fine. That is cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, only a best friend could deal with somebody being that obnoxious. Mm-hmm. For sure. <laughs> all in all, Jem seems like a pretty good dude. He listens to Tessa patiently as she, like, word vomits all over him and only teases her a little bit a little bit to break the tense. <laughs> to break the tension. Tension. <sighs> oh, Lord. Okay. Eventually, Tessa takes a breath and lets Jem actually answer some of her questions and we learn a little bit more about our mysterious midnight musician 
Jem came to London from China. His parents met when his father, who's British, was offered a position at the Shanghai Institute. And Tess is in the middle of trying to find a way, like, to ask why his hair is silver without being rude. And Jem's like, yo, are your parents dead? <laughs> like, <laughs> wow, okay. So, like, <laughs> yeah, we don't need to be shy. <laughs> uh-huh. I guess she walked into his bedroom. He gets one freebie, right? Right. <laughs> Um, yeah. Okay. So it seems like a super abrupt thing to ask someone, but Jem is a literal angel and he exudes <laughs> kindness and this impossible, like, it's impossible to get offended by him. I'm going to read you what he said because it's just like a sentence. So he says, did Will tell you that? Because she, or no, she, she asked because he asked if, if her parents are dead. Fuck. Sorry. And she says, uh, did Will tell you that? And he's, and Jem says, uh, he didn't need to. We orphans learn to recognize one another. If I might ask, were you very young when it happened? Like, I'm sorry. That's too, like, I don't know. It's too, it's I like, mean, it's too polite. There's like, there's compassion. Well, there's empathy there. Like, how could you get mad at that? I don't know. I I feel like that's weird. <laughs> what, who cares how old she was at this point? You guys literally just met. I, I think I'd be asking about more recent stuff. Well, I think because they're still trying to figure out what she is. And according to her, her parents are completely human. So asking okay. her when they died, like, okay, so she was three. So she really didn't know them at all. Like, she thinks mm-hmm. she did, but she really didn't know them at all. So, yeah one of her parents could have been a warlock with like a hidden mark or something. Wait, but mm-hmm. warlocks can't have babies. A demon. Yeah. A demon has to be a demon. I don't know. There's, there are ways I'm sure like this could have happened, but she doesn't have a mark anyway. I don't know. She got her powers from somewhere. Well, didn't you say that sometimes like demons will shape change into like the husband? Yeah. 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 And so which would make Tessa a warlock, but she would have a warlock mark. So there has to be something special about her, especially because her power is so like specific and apparently rare. She has a tail that nobody knows about. Everybody has a tail. So she's like, right, so it's never come like, up. I don't have a mark. I just have a tail. Don't you all have tails? And everyone's like, no. That's why they changed she her. She down to dinner. She's like, oh, that hurt my tail. And they're like, wait, what? <laughs> Remember, they changed her out of her clothes. So I'm sure they checked. Okay. Okay. That's that's true. I'm trying to be funny okay. here. And you just keep ruining my life. It's <laughs> my job. With your facts and book learning. (laughs) Book learning. We're all reading the same book, Robin. (laughs) Okay, we got to get through this. I still got like a page. (laughs) Dang, Daniel. Okay, we'll stop talking. Okay. Yeah, sorry. So (laughs) Tessa's parents died when she was three in a carriage accident, which at first sounds like ridiculous. I was like, what? A carriage accident? But then I'm like, okay, wait. Those things were, like, not well built. Like, they're not made out of metal. Like, I'm sure that could be, like, really horrific. But how fast are they going? It's a horse. Well, horses can go pretty fast. 
carrying humans and a carriage and probably luggage. Well, there could have been like two or three of them. (laughs) Right. Like, okay. Or they could have like fallen off a cliff. We don't know. Just said an accident. Didn't say it was an accident with another carriage. That's true. The the horse got scared. Right. So she goes on to explain that her Aunt Harriet raised her and her brother Nate after their parents died. But her Aunt Harriet got sick um, and her brother was already in England. So when she died, Tessa was like, well, I got to go be with my brother. Like, I don't got anywhere else to go. I'm not married. Don't have any money. And she said a ticket just showed up for her, like in a note. Yeah. Yeah. Nate sent for her. But like she didn't have anywhere else to go. And yeah, it's all she's just reiterating all stuff we already know to Jem because he... Yeah. was not present um but i'm sure like if will told her about or if will told jem about tessa i'm sure he told her all this he told him all this not her <laughs> words today i don't know um okay so jem takes a, a different approach than the way other people have been asking Tessa about her brother. And he's like, what kind of man was he? Is he not was cause he's not dead. He's still alive <laughs> as far as we know. And it catches Tessa's a- a- attention. Like she, she's realizing that Jem is different than the other shadow hunter. She's come across. He doesn't have that like arrogance about him that everyone else kind of seems to. And his temperament's different. So he's very like non-judgmental. He see he feels like a safe space is yeah. Like, I'm like, I would want to hang out with him. Yeah. I have to add real quick that um, asking about the person instead of the situation, mm-hmm. I think is just such a thoughtful thing. Mm-hmm. Like coming from, obviously I have a parent that's died mm-hmm. and a lot of people ask about it rather than like about her. Yeah. And I just think that is just such an amazingly sweet thing to have that Cassandra Clare thought to put in there, mm-hmm. you know, asking I'd love to hear about him rather, you know, than, and I just think that's awesome. Yeah. It it definitely shows, it it goes to like show that Jem has a really high, like emotional IQ. Like he's very Mm -hmm. in touch with empathy and compassion and yeah. So Tessa tries to come up with a way to describe her brother that doesn't make him sound like an irresponsible jackass. (laughs) And fails. She's like, uh, I'm not explaining it right. <laughs> She's like, fuck. <laughs> I promise he's actually really cool. Right. <laughs> but don't worry. Soft boy Jem is there to ease the awkward. And he doesn't hesitate when Tessa like abruptly changes the subject. Cause she's like all stressed out. She's like, wait, what are those markings on your hands? Do they hurt? <laughs> And he answers a question that we have been kind of like trying to, because it hasn't been super clear in the past, right? Mm-hmm. So she asks, do they hurt? They hurt when I received them, but, or they hurt when I received them. They don't hurt at all now. He drew his sleeve down and smiled at her. Now, don't tell me that you, that's all the questions you have. Oh, I don't know why I kept going, but I, I wanted to, because <laughs> it was cute. Anyway. <laughs> So, because we've talked, because, like, I know Jace, when when Clary was asking him about Marks, um, Jace kind of, he was like, oh, you know, it just, like, he blew it off. Like, he's, he acted like it didn't really hurt. Like, it just stings a little or whatever. Yeah. So, I wonder if my entire knowledge of runes 
and like applying runes has been based on a lie because Jace is too much of a fucking like tough guy to admit that it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> like, have I been lied to? I wonder if it's like a real tattoo. Right. Because like, I feel like Jem wouldn't lie, but Jace definitely would lie about something like that. Yeah, Agreed. for sure. <laughs> So apparently this delightful banter with Jem um, has relaxed Tessa because she asks him why he can't sleep. And it seems like innocent on the surface, but I feel like it's more like a more intimate line of questioning than that they've landed on than so far up to this point, even though mm-hmm. they talked about, you know, their parents being dead and stuff like that. But like, I don't know. This is more personal. It's probably just me. Anyway, so Tessa can tell that Jem isn't the kind of person to lie when asked a question, but he does seem to strategically give an incomplete answer. He's like, I have bad dreams, but like, you know, there's more to the story. (laughs) She kind of like just lets it go. She's like, okay. So amazingly, it doesn't stunt their conversation. And Tessa begins to tell him about her dream and how his music had infiltrated it and drawn her from across the hall to investigate. It's all very sweet and charming and very, like, old-fashioned courting. Like, they're talking about, like, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, I like, yeah. I like, it's what, cute. like, I like the era they're in. I like the pomp and circumstance. It just makes it better. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Until Will comes in and fucks it all up. And he's just like, <sighs> he's a mess. He's a mess. Yeah. To say the least. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, so he like just like comes into the room and interrupts their conversation and then he just like flings himself on the bed like a fucking king of the world. I don't know. I don't like it. Anyway, that's where we end. He's on the bed. Okay. So he comes in and obviously he's on the bed and bro is like, bro. Bro. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Jem is like, bro, your hair is wet and your obs drunk. Where have you been? And Will admits that he's been at a tavern and was robbed by a man posing as a child selling flowers. His name. (laughs) (laughs) I love it so much. Yep. <laughs> that sound effect you guys heard, that was Robin snorting. It was yeah. good. It's funny. It was I did it when I was reading it and I'm doing it now. <laughs> well, just wait, because his name is Six Fingered Nigel. <laughs> yes. And I just feel like six fingers are better than four. So go for Nigel. Right? Go Nigel, not go for. He's not like running for president or anything <laughs> anyway <laughs> that I know of vote for Nigel <laughs> yes okay so I don't know if he was actually robbed or if it was just an attempt right because Will noticed these six little fingers reaching into his pocket <laughs> and then they started to brawl so I don't know if he was actually robbed anyway eventually Nigel hit Will over the head with a bottle of gin and I'm just like damn that is a waste because I really like gin, but also that would hurt so bad. Yeah. And Will was 86 from the tavern for a fortnight. Dude, I wish they still did that. Like, you're on a two-week, like, detention. You can't come back for two weeks. They, like, write it on the calendar. Right. Will's allowed back. Right. No. Oh, they just I can think ban of. ban you permanently now. <laughs> yeah. Dude, your picture's on the wall. All I can think of yes. is, like, the, the princess I bride. didn't let him take a picture. <laughs> the six-fingered man. 
Okay. Okay. So Jem got a little sensitive and was like, oh, I thought you came home early to check on me. And uh, Will is sounding a little bit jealous, in my opinion, and tells Jem that he seems to be doing just fine mm-hmm. having met Tessa. I know. That seems jealous to Yeah, me. it seems like a little so bit of a pissing goes, match there. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Which, I don't Yeah. Anyway, he goes on to, t- like, give Tessa shit about going into a gentleman's room at night. And Jem jumps into her defense, although Tessa didn't need any help. And she tells Will that she heard him playing the violin. Apparently, Jem is not. Will is not into Jem's jam. <laughs> it's like, no, that shit's bad. I don't like it. Did you vomit? And Tessa's like, dude, it was so good. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> and Will realizes that he's the odd man out and they are starting to gang up against him. And he goes down the list of people in the house he'll need to befriend um because jem has a new best friend basically <laughs> and jem shoots them all down for various reasons mostly because they don't like will right because <laughs> will's a dick as we've established Jessamyn hates you henry will catch you on fire like this won't work out for you <laughs> so just then jem goes into a coughing fit and it takes him down to the floor will suddenly sobers up and activates parabro tie mode asking where is it where is it and Jem tries to say that he's okay and eventually coughs up blood and realizes this isn't going anywhere and he will need it. He tells Will that um, it's on the mantle and Tessa mentally notes how gentle Will sounds when he tells Jem that he'll go get it. Like it sounds like he just turned into a different person. Like, okay, he really does care about this guy, mm-hmm. which is very nice. Um, Tessa asks Will if there's anything that she can do and he's like, yes, come with me. So once they get out into the hall, he's like, bye. <laughs> once again, <laughs> got to go. He um, tells her to go to bed and she protests, demanding um, Will realize that Jem is coughing up blood and that she should go get Charlotte. And Will explains that Jem takes some medication for this and Charlotte doesn't need to be informed. Will puts his hand on Tessa's shoulder and eventually convinced her that Jem would be all right and she needs to go back to bed. And he was close enough for her to smell him like... She's like, getting a big waft of man meat. And (laughs) she realizes later that he didn't smell at all like gin, which I feel like of all the alcohols, gin probably has the least scent. It smells like pine needles. I don't know. Yeah. It was all a show. What? (laughs) Like he was pretending to be drunk. It was all a show. Oh, oh yeah, 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 because he just suddenly sobered up and everything. Yeah, yeah it was definitely it was definitely interesting. Yeah. So the next morning, Sophie was doing Tessa's hair at the vanity while Tessa stared at herself again in the mirror, wondering if she has changed herself by doing all of the changing. <laughs> Eventually, to break the silence, Tessa thought it would be a great idea to ask Sophie about the way she spoke to Will last okay, night. Okay, hold, hold on. Before we get into Seriously? that. <laughs> okay. Tessa like wondering whether if she like changes and like how she knows if this is her real form freaks me out. It's that weird like yep. like circle paradox that I can't. Woo. <laughs> yeah, and she has no like Instagram to compare it right. to. <laughs> Their mirrors were not very good back then. So how do how would she know? Yeah. <laughs> For real, dude. Uh, Sorry. So Sophie cuts her off and just laughs. She tells Tessa that she's allowed to speak to Will however she would like. It's in her contract. (laughs) I 
love and that. And Tessa's like, whoa, <laughs> you put that in your contract? And I just want to be like, next time I have to negotiate a contract, I'd like to add that I can talk shit about people. And they are not allowed to get mad at me because most of the time it'll probably be true anyway. <laughs> yes. I'm way too nice. I'd never be able to do that. No. Never. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding so Tessa was actually surprised that Charlotte allowed her to, to make her own conditions and Sophie explains that not just anyone not just any Mundy can work there yep I said it Mundy um they have to have the site like um what's her face that lived in Clary's building Madame Dorothea anyway yes thank you um Charlotte had been looking for a maid for Jessamine because obviously no one wanted to work for this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and which I do find interesting because I feel like, I don't remember when we talked about it last chapter. Will explains that it's just Sophie and Agatha running the house. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Charlotte hired Sophie to be a maid for Jessamine mostly. So obviously Charlotte didn't need much help, I guess. Yeah. I, I, I think know. up until that point, Charlotte was probably just doing her own stuff. Yeah. yeah. And who would clean? Agatha? She cooks and cleans? That big ass place? Dude. Poor girl. She was probably so stoked when Sophie got there. Right. <laughs> yes. Can stay in this kitchen. <laughs> so anyway, um, she told Sophie, Charlotte had told Sophie that um, Will might be trouble, like from the very beginning. And so she can basically just dish it right back out to him. <laughs> and she and Tessa at least agree on that. So they're both giggling. Tessa asks how Sophie feels about Charlotte. You like this bitch or what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she tells her that um, the last house she worked in, the housekeeper would keep inventory on everything down to the soap. And they had to use soap until it was literally like a sliver till it was gone before they could have another one. It's like you have to show proof. See, it's gone. Jesus, Nothing to see here. I don't know. I guess you bring it to her when it's a sliver. Right. Charlotte allows Sophie to have soap whenever she asks for it. So apparently that's a good person to work for. (laughs) That's what Tessa took from that because she didn't add any more to it. Right. (laughs) It's just crazy. So Tessa says something about them having a lot of money at the Institute. And Sophie says that Charlotte never buys a new dress. Um, Sophie just like makes them over for mm-hmm. her. So I'm assuming that means she just like repairs them. Yeah. Uh-huh, and like, right? cha- so during that time period, they would like, instead, cause fabric costs a lot of money. So, and, mm-hmm. and because the fashion changed often, they didn't, they didn't have enough money to just like go buy a new dress. So they would like the silhouette would change. So they would alter the dresses they had to match oh, okay. the new, more fashionable silhouette. How interesting. Yeah, I guess that's very true. How, like, so, freaking um, talented. Yes. Yeah, everyone had to know, you know, unless you were super rich, you had to know how to do it yourself because you couldn't pay, a, you know, a milliner or, or something to do it for you. Mm-hmm. I tried to sew up yeah, not my kids' had a Sophie. jeans leg because I just bought them for her. And guess what? She ripped them. Oh. And it looks, like, horrible. So good on you. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah definitely hard so Sophie oh Tessa asks um Tessa's like I gotta soak up my chance to get all this good cheese may in and asks about Jessamine and Sophie just basically tells her quickly that Jessamine has her own money and she's like all done bye <laughs> <laughs> gotta go <laughs> um so Tessa gets to join breakfast just in time for Jessamine to tell her that they had just been talking about her 
I'm like, yep, I'd love to hear that. <laughs> Thank yeah. you for the warm no. welcoming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Tessa, of course, asks what they were discussing, and Will jumps in making jokes about selling her. And he adds that um, she wouldn't be wanted because she's too scrawny. And it just, it makes me feel like he really was jealous that she, she was in with Jem last night. Like, why else would he be literally mean to her? That's a mean thing to say because there's she's scrawny. There's nothing she can do about right. that, Will. 30 seconds. Remember, if she can't fix it in 30 seconds, don't say exactly. it. <laughs> so Charlotte was like, stop. Tessa will stay here because she involved. she's involved in the investigation that we are currently working on. Charlotte says that she's already sent a message to the clave about everything and will adds that she should also tell benedict lightwood because he's a nosy noser and needs all the cheese may i already hate him <laughs> yep yep i'm like he, i can already tell he's gonna be a pain in the ass yeah <laughs> so charlotte assigns will and jem to reinvestigate the dark sister's house now that it's abandoned and jem says that he's feeling fine and he's ready to go and so then um, Charlotte starts to introduce Jem and Tessa. And Jem gives her a consolidated rundown of their meeting last night. He's like, yeah, we met, girl. But, like, he lies. He's like, we met in the corridor. He yeah. He covers. Of course he did. Ooh. I'm like, oh, damn, yeah, because they would have been not okay. They'd been, like, mm-hmm. scandalized. Ooh, girl. I know. It's, it's so crazy. Anyway, Charlotte moves on. By telling everyone that she and Henry are going to go head to visit Tessa's brother's employer, <laughs> Axel Mortmain, which is just, like, such a cool name. Dude, anyone named Axel. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Um, so they're going to go see if he has any information on Nate. And Jem chimes in that he knows of Axel Mortmain, and Charlotte adds that the newspapers say that he has made his fortune selling tea and silk. And Jem is like, scoff. <laughs> Bro, he was totally selling drugs. He's a phony, a big fat phony. Sorry, only my husband will get that joke. (laughs) (laughs) He he just came around the corner and pointed at me. It's from Family Guy. Anyway, (laughs) apparently this wasn't against the law, though. So it's like no big deal to be selling drugs. I think they mean claim law, not right. Okay, no, no, he, he means real law. Okay. Opium, opium wasn't illegal back then. Crazy. Okay. My bad. Well, it seems weird that they would need to hide it then because yeah. he was, well, it sounds like he, everyone thinks he's selling tea and so. Well, yeah. So like it, just because it wasn't illegal didn't mean it wasn't like not okay. Like frowned okay. upon. Because cause he was, right. he was moving opium into China. So I don't know if it was necessary, if it, it might be illegal in London at this time. I don't know. I mean, because there are opium dens, but they're like in the seedy part of town. So right, it might be okay. illegal there, but not. It's not illegal. It wasn't illegal in China, and so he was shipping them in there. But like, that's like dirty money. Like you don't talk about that. You want to have like respectable money. <laughs> okay, okay, that's right. From that's... selling tea and shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to pass down to your ancestors the legit yeah. shit. Yeah, you don't. You <laughs> okay. don't want like if you're an heiress to an heiress if you're an heiress to like the porter potty like thing maybe in middle school you don't want to tell people that because like maybe that would be just that we have to make your life really hard (laughs) 
<laughs> like the poop princess. Like, oh, that would be, yeah. it would be so bad. Uh, well, Charlotte tells Jessamine that she would like to hear, she would like her and Tessa to search through the newspaper for anything important that might help in the investigation. And Jess is like, um, ill? A lady doesn't read the newspaper. Charlotte just snaps back with a great burn and is like, girl, you are not a lady. And Will cuts her off with the equivalent of me yelling, burn. (laughs) (laughs) And Charlotte corrects herself by basically saying Will didn't let her finish. Jessamine is a shadow hunter first and then a lady. (laughs) That is not what she was Not if you ask Jessamine. Right. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so Jessamine gets out of the research by convincing Charlotte to allow her to take Tessa shopping for a new dress. She says that it's sad that all Tessa has is an old dress that of Jessamine's that doesn't even fit her. And what's funny is she, it was like, it's too small. She's like, she she's going to take a breath and just, it's going to pop right off of her. And Will's like, let's see if that happens. <laughs> Which also seems a little too forward for back then. I mean, they referred to each other as Miss Gray, you know. I mean, not now, but it's just funny. Yeah, but Will, so, Will's a scoundrel. <laughs> he can say whatever yeah. he wants. And yep. he's a man, so he doesn't oh, have to worry Will. about being ruined. Yeah. <laughs> so Charlotte tries to fight it by telling Jessamine that she has to contribute um, to the house, like, in some way. But Henry steps in and is like, dude, just let her do it. You know, last time she threw a fit and, like, ruined all the linens or something. Yeah, like, she told him to, like, sort it. the She's daggers. Crying. So she used them to cut up all the linen. <laughs> well, we needed new linens anyway. Right? Like, she is such a little such brat. A little brat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Will asks Jem if he's ready to go. And Jem is like, yo, I want to finish my tea first. What's the rush? And I just think it's funny because, like, Two minutes ago, you literally were just like, I'm ready to go. And then he just got cozy. I don't know. Well, once you start a cup of tea. He doesn't mean finish, like, the tea he's drinking. He wants to finish the tea in the room. (laughs) He needs the gossip. Like, some good shit's going down. I want to (laughs) stay. That's great. (laughs) So, Will tells Jem that he has, like, basically a date night planned this evening. And um, Tessa makes a crack about, and so that's why he wants to get going. And Tessa makes a crack about it being with Six Fingered Nigel. <laughs> and I'm just like, yes, that girl is give sharp, it to him, girl. Yes, yep. I love it. <laughs> so uh, Tess and Jessamine head out via carriage through the apparently very noisy and cluttered streets of London onto the West End. And Tess is not into the hustle and bustle with all the noise. And honestly, like, same. Yes. Can do without mm-hmm. it now. I went into the Safeway by your house, Amanda. And I was like, I like mm. my country life. Yep. <laughs> that place is crazy. Yep. You can hardly find any parking. Yeah. It was horrible. Anyway, on the way, Tessa sees what sounds like a warlock woman. Um, but when she asks Jessamine for, like, confirmation that she saw what she saw. Jessamine tells her to shut the drapes and pretends like she didn't see anything, but like, you know, she did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, the whole outing is pretty miserable for Tessa, who has to put up with Jessamine's snide remarks about her being frumpy and then listen to her lie and flirt with the shop owners as she pretends to be a different person in each store. So she goes like making, like she goes making up another backstory. Um, the last being that she's a young widower and Tessa was her cousin from America and quote, the clothes there are simply horrible. She's as plain as a pen, which doesn't help her, but I'm sure you can do something with her. Oh. I'm just like, girl, she is so jealous of Tessa. Yes. 
Okay, so we, I guess we don't really need to talk, take like take much more time to talk about how annoying Jessamine is at the moment. But like, honestly, <laughs> ugh. Yeah. So Tessa ends up leaving with four new dresses and two jackets that are going to be dropped off later that week. And I want to know, like, did Jessamine pay or was it Charlotte? Who paid? I think it was Jessamine. I think I that too. was how she ended up doing yeah. it. Okay, that's what I thought too. She's like, let me treat her. Mm-hmm. Treat yourself. I just, gosh, she's gonna get, she's gonna get these delivered in like that beautiful butcher's paper. Yep. Mm-hmm. And just, oh, I'm so jealous. It's gonna be gorgeous. It's oh, gonna okay. be gorgeous. Butcher's paper isn't beautiful, but just the way they I know what you it. mean. Like, so. mm-hmm. <laughs> as their errand is complete, Tessa's like, well, time to hit the old dusty trail. Head back to the institute. <laughs> But Jessamine doesn't want to, and clearly she hates it there. So instead, she talks Tessa into taking a walk in the park and going to go get some treats. And then <laughs> um, we cut scene to Henry and Charlotte. And Henry's, like, remarking that, quote, like, Charlotte didn't tell Tessa about the cogs. And Charlotte, meanwhile, is stewing on the fact that she keeps requesting that the Cleave give them a second carriage. And the requests are always denied, which means that she has to borrow one from Benedict Lightwood, who she doesn't like. And on top of that, the only carriage that he allows her to borrow is small and uncomfortable. And poor tall Henry keeps bumping his head against the roof. And I just like, I can't believe that she let Tessa and Jessamine take the Institute carriage. Yeah. Uh huh. Like, just... yeah. It, Which... it, maybe it's just because she didn't want to have to go ask Benedict and then bring it back and then let them take well, it. Maybe it's just more convenient. I'm wondering as I'm saying that maybe it's because they, she wanted Thomas to watch out for them. Yeah. Probably. And Thomas mm. was driving the other carriage. I don't know. Yeah. Either way. It just, well, who's driving this carriage? It's Henry. Probably. No, it's one of Benedict's. No. Yeah. Um, His driver. Oh yeah. Duh. Yeah, the driver. Duh, duh, yeah. Duh. Yeah. Each carriage has a driver. <laughs> right. Jesus. So, anyway, Charlotte finally, like, breaks from her monologue, internal monologue, and then um, answers Henry about the cogs. And she explains that Tessa was so dazed already, she didn't want to add to the trouble by telling her that the mechanical devices found in the cellar, which I'm assuming she's talking about at the Dark Sisters mm-hmm. house slash brothel, um, were made by the company that her brother worked for scandalous yeah so henry reminds her that it might not mean anything um mortmain and co manufactures most of the machine tools in england (laughs) (laughs) i typoed to a mattress manufacturer because it's my life that's why we're laughing okay yep The, the man is something like a genius um then he, like, Henry kind of starts to, like, fangirl for a second about, like, how great this guy is. And, like, Charlotte cuts him off. And she goes, like, you're right. Maybe we should have told her. But I wanted to speak to Mortmain first to get my feelers, like, put the feelers out about what kind of duty is. And maybe the whole thing is just a coincidence. But I'm very wary of coincidences. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Ooh. And Charlotte looks down at her notes that she's been making about Axel Mortmain. And we learn, bullet pointed, that one. He was um, most likely legitimate, illegitimate son. It doesn't say, but whatever. She thinks he's the illeg- illegitimate son of Dr. Hollingworth Mortmain. Like, that's a name, what dude. A name. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yep. Do- what's your. Oh, I didn't see you even said what <laughs> yeah, a name. I what just a said name. It. That's great. <laughs> Pleased to meet you. I'm Dr. Hollingworth Mortmain. Anyway. It's a mouthful. Fuck. Yep. 
<laughs> they probably called him Holly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this guy went like from ship surgeon to wealthy private trader super quickly, like almost too quickly. And Dr. Mortmain specialized in trading spices, sugar, silk tea, and most likely, as Jim had pointed out, opium. When his dad died, Axel, barely 20, inherited his father's fortune and invested it in a building a fleet of sleek, fast ships. And within the span of a decade, he quadrupled his father's riches. Recently, Axel retired to London from Shanghai and sold off all of his trading ships and used the money to buy a large company that manufactured mechanical devices that were used to make timepieces. Anything from pocket watches to grandfather clocks. In summary, dude, <laughs> dude has reached platinum status in the gold diggers most wanted club. Motherfucker is loaded. <laughs> so they reach what must be Mortmain's house. And before getting out of the carriage, Charlotte asked Henry to keep in mind what they talked about in the morning, which was not to embarrass her or trip up the investigation discovery. Which is something I would totally think, but I would like never say out loud. <laughs> I have to do this with my husband. Like he isn't afraid to say things to people. And I'm like, please just be nice, please. I mean, obviously this is a little different, but right. I have to have the conversation of like, look, we're going to like, we're going to go. We're going to do this. We're going to be here for 45 minutes. Like, don't get in. Like, don't make friends. Like, <laughs> we got to go. <laughs> Because, like, yours is opposite of mine. Dude. I'm like, please be nice. And you're like, please don't be so nice. He's so Midwestern. <laughs> so Midwest. Oh, but, like, great. everyone wants, like, when he starts, he just, like, becomes best friends with people. And I'm like, dude. <laughs> like, he came. I was at a work thing, a, like, a work conference in, in Vegas. And I extended my stay so we could, like, have a weekend in Vegas. And he came for, like, drinks, like, right when he got there. And I was out with drinks with some people. He was there. We were there for a couple hours. By the time we left, they were like, hey, man, it was, you know, it was great meeting you. We'll have to hang out next time. And I'm like, I've worked with you for eight years. Like, <laughs> what? <laughs> you just met this guy. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. <laughs> Mine's an introvert, so like, it's fine. Mm -hmm. We can be holed up together. Yeah. Did you hear him? <laughs> Uh -uh. He just yelled from the other room. He said, people fucking love me. <laughs> Whatever. So, so uh, Henry, full of grace in this moment, tells her that um, he's not sure why he even like she even brings him along on these things because he's such a bumbler when it comes to people. Dude, and it breaks um, my heart. I know. So I'm going to read this part quickly. Um, specifically because I don't remember it being something that ever jumped out at me when I first read the books, probably because I was too consumed riding the Will Herondale fan bus. <laughs> you were driving the bus. <laughs> I was driving the bus. <laughs> but um, it says, you're not a bumbler, Henry, Charlotte said gently. She longed to reach out and stroke his face, push his hair back and reassure him. But she held herself back. She knew she'd been advised enough times not to force on Henry affection he probably did not want. So, do you think it's Henry telling her, like, don't touch me? No. Like, who's advising her not way. to touch him? I don't know. But, like, as we've talked about, like, marriages back then, sometimes we're, I mean, most of the time we're, like, okay, like, how does this best work for everybody? And not about mm -hmm. love matches necessarily. So, maybe, like, 
I don't know. It was sort of arranged or something. Yeah, but I think if he would have said something, she would have said he said, not like. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't sound yeah. like it, but I don't know who. It doesn't seem like they have any friends or family around. So right. I don't know. Yeah, it was just heartbreaking. Yeah, it it's is. very sad. It's really well, and it's it's. I don't remember that either. Yeah, the first time around, I agree. It's sad because like, and Henry seems like he he completely understands. Like he doesn't want to put her in a position where she's embarrassed. Like he knows he's embarrassing, which is even more like, I don't know, heartbreaking. Well, and both of them are obviously speaking out of a place for lots of love for each other, right? Mm-hmm. And they're just, I don't know, giving showing their love in different ways i don't I, yeah i liked it yeah. it was heartbreaking in a way yeah, i don't know yeah i'm gushing anyway back to the book they're greeted at the door by a footman who's like what do you scooby-doo looking kids want oh jesus and henry is like <laughs> staring off into space it's not remotely <laughs> helpful so charlotte speaks um for both of them and tells the footman that um, their names are Mrs. and Mr. Henry Gray. And they're seeking out a cousin of theirs named Nathan. Um, and they hadn't heard from him in like nearly six weeks. And they're getting anxious. And they knew that he is or was one of Mortmain's employees. So, you know, what's up? <laughs> and the footman is like, boss man owns a big company. You can't expect him to know everyone. You should ask the police. And Charlotte like rolls for a charisma check. <laughs> Not 20. <laughs> Okay. Rather, she's activating the persuasion rooms that she marked herself with. So basically, Crazy. same thing. And um, tells the footman that the police weren't super helpful. Um, they're just really concerned about Nate. So, like, could we just see Mortmain for a moment? Just a tip. He's like, these. she's like, these are not the drones you're looking for. And it worked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Jedi mind tricked him. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. So the footman concedes and tells him to wait in the vestibule. <laughs> are you riffraff? Is that what you are right now? She's Chandler. Oh. <laughs> From Friends. Wait. He gets stuck in a bank vestibule. Oh, God. With a model. I forgot that episode. But, like, why can't and he Paul say, I'm stuck in a vestibule? He has, I'm stuck in a vestibule with <laughs> that's the one with the blackout when Paul Paulo's in the yeah, yeah okay gum that's <laughs> <laughs> oh, great anyway, I love it I knew I couldn't do it justice like if I just sit quiet Amanda will do it for me and it'll be beautiful <laughs> <laughs> oh excuse me so as any normal person would do Charlotte starts scoping out the room Amanda that's what you do, okay? I have a hard time. I just look at the customer. No, look around at all their stuff, but don't let them catch you because they're going to think you're scoping the place out. And the only thing I'm scoping That's for true. is interior design ideas, okay? Anyway. <laughs> yep. Basically, this place is big but not gaudy, and there were no paintings, which is weird for the time. Instead, there were silk banners painted with Chinese characters for luck. Indian... Um, a, pl- a platter of hammered silver propped in the corner and pen and ink sketches of famous landmarks. Clearly Mortmain is like flexing his travels mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're called to follow and make their way into a giant study. And Charlotte notices that she can see everything on the outside, but the windows are soundproof. And the only thing that she can hear is a wall clock that has Mortmain and company engraved in gold creep fucking city. Yeah. Yeah. No, no thanks. Don't like that. 
So everything else looks like how you would expect to study in this area of history to look. Dark, heavy furniture, taxidermied animals, stacks of paper, a globe. Um, and behind this big ass desk was Mortmain. And he's described as a small man with slightly graying sideburns, windburned skin, and light gray eyes. Ew. And Charlotte could easily picture him on the deck of a ship. I, on the other hand, am getting the ringmaster from Dumbo vibes uh -huh. without any reason why. It just makes no sense, but that where that's where my brain is. So he's, it's like basically he's wearing like super, super fancy, expensive clothes. Mm -hmm. So I know he's not dressed like that, but I right. just, I don't know. Right. To my, sounds annoying. Yeah. Anyway, he's like, heard you're looking for Nathaniel Gray. And to her surprise, Henry's like, yes, we're his cousins, you know. Although she's pretty sure that it's because he, like, wants to get a closer look at the blueprints on his desk. <laughs> like, that's why he's talking so we can, like, come up closer. He's like, what you got so Charlotte's, there? Yeah, we'll, we'll see. So Charlotte tells him how nice it is that he's willing to talk to them. After all, they know that Nate is only one of the dozen employee of employees he has. And he corrects her. He's like, hundreds. <laughs> Ew. Uh -huh. I already and don't then, like this guy. One more last quote for good measure. He says, it's true. I can't keep track of them all. But I do remember Mr. Gray. Though I must say, if he ever mentioned that he had cousins who were shadow hunters, I can't say I recall it. Hmm. Oh, damn. And then that's it. Go clear your plate. Put it in the sink. Yeah. <laughs> Time to close your eyes. That's all you're the getting until next week. That night. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, maybe they weren't glamored so he could see their rooms. No. No. Maybe he has the sight. He has to. Yeah. Something. Yeah. I don't know, but I'm suspicious. I don't like this guy already. Right. Mm-hmm. Or he knows who they are somehow. Yeah. yeah. Sus. Spect. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't yeah. like anyone knowing more than our shadow hunters. Exactly. I don't like it being silent, um, soundproof. Yeah. I, or that. It's like a murder's going down. Right? Murder's going down. That means no one yeah. can hear you. Yep. Yep. It's like people with soundproof basements. Nope. You're fucking creepy. <laughs> but I'm going to tell the police just to keep an eye on you. Okay? <laughs> <sighs> Oh my goodness. All right. Well, Robin's yawning. <laughs> Still going. <laughs> okay. Make sure that you've read chapter six, Strange Earth, for next week's episode. For behind the scenes content and the latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Downworld Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.